officially recording oh, yeah that's what i'm talking about folks who listen to this part they get so excited they're like you really you're, you're doing this on i'm like yeah listen don't oh yeah is this the bonus content that they're this is the bonus content that people get so pissed like hey man I'm like it is free <laughs> hey oh before i go any further uh you said i don't have to worry about audio so i can put it down right while i figure out what i'm doing with this other shit oh i'll, I'll edit it out don't worry about it oh okay cool yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you got a, a beautiful new Amber Vision Austin Beer Works. Doing it outside nice. of my patio next to the beer fridge. Is that your go-to beer? Uh, lately, it's been Pacifico. Ah, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. It's nice. It's easy. It's light. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm an IPA guy, and uh, like it can be a bit much, you know, the morning after pounding six or eight. So uh, it's nice <laughs> to change it up with something light. Who's your go-to IPA for Austin? Uh, oh, I mean, 512 IPA, of course. That's delicious and awesome. But uh, they, don't, they don't do six-packs. So, you know, you got to uh, get it at uh, establishments or whatever. Oh, you know what? The Electric Jellyfish from Pine House is real good. Yep. Um, but my, like, go-to that I drink on the reg is a uh, Lagunitas. It's kind of like, don't make fun of me, but it's the, uh, it's like the Mick Ultra of IPAs. It's, I know uh, Lagunitas. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's low, it's low in carbs, but still tastes like an IPA, and uh, you know, it'll get the job done. They do, and you know, it's um, let me see. I uh, I mean, I was in the beer business for years, uh, so I went in and out of my phases of doing IPAs just because it can be so overwhelming, and especially right now with the high alcohol content they're trying to put in. Uh huh. And then it just it creates this sweet, sweet flavor sometimes if they, if they try to rush the process a little too much. And that hey, is, uh, yep. Like uh, some porn pop-up came up. That's fine. Just text out of it. I'm in the right, I'm in the right yep, spot. You're in the right spot. Yep. That's what, yep. And then it'll open up into a separate window. You close that window and then hit the X again, and then we're ready to go. Vicv.net. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead and hit play. Hit play. Let me see, and just turn the um, let me see, turn the uh, the volume down, so that we oh, don't no. hear the the background. Okay. I got mine off. We're good. Boom. So you've never watched this movie before. Correct. People should know this is Howard the Duck. Uh, it is. So when I was growing, I don't, we'll, we'll go through a bunch of things. This is super random, and people love it, and people get upset. But a couple of George things. George Lucas. George I didn't know Lucas. This was legit. <laughs> so this was banned in a lot of areas and very controversial because Howard the Duck is not only an alien, it's a duck. 
and this duck has sex in this movie and he uses a condom. And so the Christian <laughs> right, where they're freaking out. They're like, wait a second, this, this has bestiality in it. We cannot have this. This cannot be a real thing. So that is what, um, that's the, the, the background for me on the movie. I grew up, you know, my mother was a little right of the sheriff of Nottingham. Uh, uh-huh. She was crazy religious. And when this movie came out, I was just like, this is amazing. This is so awesome. Um, no, no, I wasn't allowed to watch it. I had to wait till I got older and actually got out of, uh, got out of uh, my house before I could watch this movie. And then even the first two years out of my house, I couldn't watch this movie because I went to a Bible college and they didn't let any movies um, higher than PG come out. Oh, my God. Yeah. And look oh. at me now. Cussing yeah. and drinking and doing a thing. Uh, and, and also as an FYI, just as a little fun, fun fact here, just so that you know, uh, right now our top countries for listeners are France, well, the U.S., obviously. And then we have France, Canada, United Kingdom, Finland, Australia, Russia, and Brazil. Nice. That's impressive. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we kind of got it. So how did you grow up as a kid? Did you grow up? Where'd you grow up? Tell, give us a little bit about yourself and the social places where we can find you, all that good stuff. I got you. Uh, I'm a bit of a nomad. I don't really claim a spot. Uh, I was born in Washington, D.C., but we moved around a lot, like uh, Minnesota, Oregon, uh, like four or five spots uh, here in Texas, what as part well of Oregon? as Maryland. What part of Oregon? Um, it was northeastern Oregon. It's a small town called uh, Hermiston. Yeah. You're familiar? I am. My buddy, his grandparents had a ranch in kind of north, central eastern Oregon, east side of Oregon, called John Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it was just, you know, kind of all over, but I've been in Austin for the past uh, 25 years. So Austin's home, but yeah, there was a lot of stops in between before we got here. So uh, yeah, you know, I can remember when Howard the Duck came out, I very much wanted to watch it. And I, uh, I don't think it had anything to do with the religious stuff or it being banned where I was at. I think it was just more of a didn't get to the movies that uh, month or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a treat to get to watch it now, I guess, because uh, I, I definitely hadn't seen it before. Though, when you told me this is what we were doing, I just did a quick Google search and I believe Rotten Tomatoes is not a big fan of the, uh, the production. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. They, they, you know, they can get things wrong sometimes. I mean, the special effects aren't very special. That is true. And the Howard the Duck, you know, you look at him. Uh, I mean, the, 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 you can definitely tell it's a mask. And the feathers are just kind of there. He's looking look a little play duck. Everything is, <laughs> the thing that's, that, that upset people was just the, the rip-offs of everything that happened on this. You know, it was, it, you know, everything had a duck theme to it. And it was, you know, it, it was it was hokey at the time, if you will. But uh, it, it oh really, yeah, he just opened up a play duck, and she's yeah. got uh, nipples. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> visible duck nipples. <laughs> it's a, it really pissed people off, man. The the sexualization of ducks. Was, there's and we get ready for it. You're gonna um, you're gonna see some more stuff. This is why it was PG thirteen. Wow. Yeah. Gotcha. Very racy. Oh, look, another. Now this is just a topless <laughs> duck. Things are getting weird. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. And the thing, people were, remember, when this came out, people were concerned about this kind of nudity. 
that's insane. You know, movies are so weird from the 80s because, like, I don't know, I've got two littles, and they're uh, seven and ten, and I try to get them into things that I liked from back in the day, but we used to let a lot of things slide, I guess, because, I don't know, we see some of the PG movies from back then, and just, I'm not like PC police or anything, but some of the stuff just doesn't hold up at all. Oh, what's funny is, just the other day, I was trying to get them to watch Spaceballs, because I was like, man, that was a funny movie from when I was a kid, they should like it, and then they're real big into show us the trailer. And I, I showed them the trailer. Man, they were hard pass within 30 seconds of the trailer. They were just like, are you serious, Dad? No. What? This was funny when I was your age. I, I don't know. Dude, Spaceballs was money back in the day. It's, but you're right. There is a, uh, there's a difference. There's, there really is a very big difference in movies of our generation and then movies of, uh, uh, th this new generation and kind of what the engagement and the sophistication, uh, the depth of story with a lot of stuff. It just, I don't, did they, I don't know. I mean, listen, I liked it, but at the same time I look back at it now and I'm just, I, I scratch my head and think, did they just think we were idiots back then? I think so. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> it was a simpler time, man. Things would fly and you'd be like, yeah, that was cool. You're just happy to watch a movie. And now it's like, wow me or i will just stay home on my smartphone and figure something out better like yeah it is um when when you were growing up what were some of your favorite movies what were some of the things that you really enjoyed watching well i mean back to the future of course because everyone dug it um i did like la bomba a lot uh the, the when i think of like movies from back in the day that i liked a lot i really liked la bomba and boys in the hood um Goodwill Hunting and Dazed and Confused still stand uh, real high on my like all-time rankings list. So I don't know. That's just the sort of the stuff I was into. I was never into scary movies. Uh, when I was like in the second, third grade, my aunt lived with us, and uh, they thought it'd be a good idea to make me tag along on her dates to make sure nothing inappropriate happened. But she did not care that I was there, so they would take me to see like Children of the Corn and Cujo and things of that nature. Which Jesus. now, when we watch. We would, we would laugh and be like, oh, my God, this is so bad. But when you're, like, in the first, second grade, you're, like, I don't ever want to see a dog in my life just traumatize sort of stuff from Cujo. So, yeah. <laughs> no, those are some of the movies that stick out for me. I just always like uh, buddy movies, buddy cop movies, action adventure sort of stuff. I do enjoy a good rom-com. Mm -hmm. So anything except scary movies. The, I made a huge mistake, and uh, I played Turner and Hooch for my daughter. Uh-huh. Oh, that's funny, because that's on my radar. Okay, I'm glad you're about to tell me whatever it is, because it sounds like it's going to be negative. I, uh, it, I see that it's on Netflix, and I was like, oh, this is something I liked when I was young-ish. So, yeah. What, yeah so, what were you going to say? It's hilarious and awesome. Until oh, the okay. end, when Hooch gets shot and dies. <laughs> and then my daughter's just bawling why why does he have to die why dad why and i was like what are you talking about it's like the dog's dead i was like oh yeah 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 don't worry he got laid right before he died there's puppies <laughs> she's, like, she's like what are you talking about what's that I'm I like, never mind uh, <laughs> i gotta skip this <laughs> So, well, that's good. So she enjoyed it for the most part. It was just the ending. That's, uh, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's preparation. And I forget every Tom Hanks movie is just ends with disaster. It's just how <laughs> it rolls with him. 
Uh, you, know, you, you brought up uh, Boys in the Hood. Fun fact about Boys in the Hood. See, I used to be the uh, West Kill sales manager for St. Ides and Steel uh -huh. Reserve. St. Ides creator, the son, his father invented um, Old English. I was about to say, isn't St. Ides like a knockoff Old English? It is. It's father-son competition. And Old English was the, was the beverage for Boys in the Hood. And the guys doing Boys in the Hood wanted it to be legit. And so they would not drink Old English on the stoop and instead requested St. Ides. Oh, snap. And so they finally got St. Ides. And in getting St. Ides, it... Um, it launched the uh, it launched the brand. I mean, it, that brand was struggling. It was about to go out of business, flatlined, and then boom! All of a sudden, like a hockey stick, shot it straight up. Saint Ides went on to fame. They came out with a beer version of Saint Ides called Saint Ides Gold, which uh -huh. sponsored the Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield fight. fight oh man! <laughs> which ended up, you know, really tarnishing yeah. the brand, and that um, and then that went downhill. Miller bought it, and then the guy who started St. Ides created a brewery up in Montana, where I'm from, called Black Star Beer. Black Star Beer was launched up there. They built a brewery, did everything with the city, had a great time. Uh, and then that was doing okay, but it just didn't have quite the cachet. This was back when there was basically four options. There was Bud Miller Coors as one, there was Red Hook, and there was Sierra Nevada. And this was like a double hopped lager that kind of fit in the middle. So you had the drinkability of a log, you had a little bit of the flavor, kind of like an amber beer now. Uh-huh. And so that, um, that was doing okay. And then uh, the owner of, uh, of the brewery went back to his malt liquor roots and created the 8.1 high-gravity lager Steel Reserve. And I sold the first can in Los Angeles. Nice. Oh, yeah. It was Steel Reserve. I remember going in and people being like, no, we don't like that kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> now, where'd you, uh, where did, uh, where'd you go to college? You go to college at UT? Uh, no, I went to Southwest back when it was called Southwest. Oh, nice. San Marcos. Yeah, yeah. Class Very of 98. Nice. Eat them up, cats. Yeah. Hey, uh, did yours, did yours uh, freeze a little bit? No, mine's cruising right along. I got Google Fiber, 1,000 up and down. Same here. I do have Google Fiber, but mine what? is a uh, yeah. What is a uh, what? What spot are you on? Let me catch up. Uh, let's see. He is. I am. Do I have a little timer on here? I am eleven minutes and forty three, forty four, forty five. Gotcha. Okay. Sam, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so what? Yeah. No. Yeah. I was. I went to Southwest. It was. It was a good time. You know. It. It. Uh. You know. Definitely earned its reputation as a uh, party school. Did you? What made you choose that school? Because you were living in the area, or I was major. I was a criminal justice major. Yeah, and uh, I'm not super motivated type. So I, uh, when I was in high school, I heard that uh, Southwest had a really good criminal justice program, and uh, I took my ACT, SAT, and applied to them first, and they said yes. So I said good enough, and that was <laughs> that was it. I saw no need to. Uh, to keep on fishing for a different school. I was like, yeah, that'll work. And, you know, I did it without ever, I, I, I take that back. I was going to say I did it without visiting the campus, but I did go to a basketball camp there the summer before my senior year of high school. So I knew about Sewell Park and, uh, you know, 
the nice campus and uh, its reputation somewhat. So yeah, I, I, it worked out well. Now, if I recall correctly, didn't you recently play some basketball against my sometimes co-host, uh, Jason Dick? That is a, a true statement. In fact, I'm uh, laid up still because I tore my Achilles and Ooh. had to have surgery like uh, four weeks ago. So, yeah. Dude, I didn't know that part. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sucked real bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I felt something weird happen uh, in, my, uh, in my leg. And I, I, like, walked it out and everything was fine. And we played for, like, another five minutes. And then I pivoted to a... Uh, like chase a rebound and it just popped and that was that like it was just like you see on tvs when it happened you're like oh yeah i'm done so uh that happened on a sunday had surgery on a friday the same day they decided to shut everything down so luckily that got taken care of and now i've just uh you know been waiting for it to heal enough to where i can start rehab damn that is crazy so jason refuses to play basketball with me he hides <laughs> he ducks is he any good at basketball, or is it all he, like uh, he was better than I thought? He doesn't suck, but I mean, eh, he could he can hold his own, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Also, he he might not hide and duck anymore. So I gave him this. Uh, yeah, I said you know, hey, let's play two on two, uh, like in September, and he was hiding and ducking. But now that he's lost like fifty pounds he's more apt to uh, say yes and try some different things. So I think he's feeling himself a little bit because uh, he's uh, getting into athletic shape, if you would. He is. Uh, I'm proud of him. He's, he's lost that weight. Uh, as a person who used to be 300 plus pounds, um, I'm, I'm, I'm always proud when people do that, when they, uh, when they you know, make that effort and, and, uh, and get it all done. And he's done uh, one hell of a job dropping those pounds. I had lunch with him right before all this lockdown stuff happened. Uh-huh. And he had vegetables and a lot. <laughs> I was like, Oof, that's a shitty, shitty lunch. I'm going to have a fried chicken sandwich, French fries, and a couple of beers. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he's been pretty hardcore about it. I know once, uh, like, he got back from Mexico, they decided to leave the country amidst the beginning of the uh, quarantine. But, uh, when he got back, I think he was sliding a little bit, but he's back on the right track. So I haven't seen him lately, but uh, he's been posting the occasional progress pics. He's looking pretty good. He is. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. Now, how did you meet Jason Dick? Um, I was just listening to him on the radio and a uh, fellow degenerate. So I guess you could say like poker brought us together. At some point, he was hosting a tournament and I was like, hey, do you want to come over and uh, play in my poker tournament? And uh, it just kind of went from there. So, yeah, we uh, started playing poker together and then hanging out socially. And, yeah, now we're buds. Nice. Now, what is it? Because there are – I feel like there's three groups in poker. There's the people that get it. There's the people that are lucky. And there's the people that try, but they don't get it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but they think they're good. They're like, no, no, no. Listen, that flop's going to be a king, and it's a seven. They're like, mother – yeah no jason's definitely in the get it category i would i would put myself in that category as well so uh yeah you know uh, i mean i've been playing for like 15 maybe 20 years so i would hope i get it by this point damn see i, I always i've always tried it i've always played around i've won i've won it's poker's like golf for me like i get one good shot uh-huh i'm like oh this is fun 
and then shit falls away for the next nine holes. I'm like, all right, well, you know, triple bogeys aren't that bad. And then I get another good shot. And I'm like, oh, I really like this again. Another cocktail. And then <laughs> it all goes down. Yeah, I've never been uh, big on golf. I, uh, I've never played uh, an actual hole. I've been to the driving range a couple of times, and it just didn't seem like it was for me. So I, I don't really like to uh, participate in things that I think I suck at. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, I mean, I get it why people could catch the bug, but I definitely didn't catch it in my two or three times at the range. How, um, how did you get into, uh, how'd you get into poker? Uh, I don't, I guess I just like to gamble because yeah, I just like to gamble. It doesn't matter if it's sports or cards. And then, uh, you know, when the moneymaker boom happened, other people that used to maybe not be as into it started to get into it. So it was easier to, uh, get games together. You know, you just got to get like five buddies uh, to have at least a reasonable game. And, uh, it just kind of went from there. Everybody started wanting to, to play a little bit more once it was uh, televised more and more on ESPN and things of that nature. So it just got easier. You start, you know, running in the same circles as other fellow degenerates and you can set up games uh, more frequently. And then, uh, you know, within the past, what, has it been two years almost that are, or maybe just a year that uh, Austin has had the card houses. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's just a fun pastime. You get, you know, old and married with kids, you don't want to go out to the bars anymore. So that's easier just to go play cards on a Friday night and be like, okay, at least I got out of the house for a little bit. Sure. Now, uh, how long have you been married? Uh, 10 years. 10 years. Congratulations. Nice work. Thanks. What about yourself? Uh, seven years going on eight. Uh, sometimes she poisons the food ever so slightly just to let me know that she can take my life when she wants to. <laughs> Where did y'all meet? <laughs> Uh, we met here in Austin, actually. Uh, so a friend of mine, we uh, we ended up going to this bar, met this young kid who was a motorcycle uh, stunt rider, tatted up, uh -huh. outside smoking. And as a former smoker, I was like, oh, whatever. And I was outside there, and I was drinking um, my signature drink back then, which was a Trailer Park iced tea, which is Pabst Blue Ribbon over ice uh -huh. with a squeeze of lemon. It is like Gross. sunshine dancing on your palate, sir. It is effervescent and refreshing. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> had one of those, and we're chatting away at this guy that's area. You should come tomorrow. Uh, we're having a, a party here, my buddy and, uh, and his friend. And I was like, sure. So I got on the guest list, and this very affluent person here in Austin, he was having his birthday party there, and he had rented out the bar. Uh -huh. I mean, the full bar, whatever you wanted to drink, whatever you wanted to have, bada boom, bada bing, you just got it. And I was standing by the bar. My other, my friend who I was with the night before never showed up. And uh, I was hanging out, saw this cute girl, kind of gave her a wave. She came over to talk to me. I offered to buy her a drink. She said, my friend paid for the full bar. I go, exactly. Let me buy you a drink. <laughs> I was hammered. I got her phone number and then I promptly just left. She turned around to introduce me to her friends, and I just walked out the door. <laughs> yeah, mission accomplished. You're like, I'll uh, I'll follow up on this later. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm so, it's, it's funny now. Like, I can get boozy and say stupid things and just be ridiculous. But, you know, I was like, oh, this, this girl's pretty special. She's amazing. She's very smart. 
uh, I'm going to ruin this for sure if I stick around. And then I still almost ruined it because she doesn't really understand what I do for work ever or any kind uh -huh. of work that I do. So we had, um, we were launching this uh, global protection app and it was uh, funded by Lloyd's of London. And we were actually going to do the launch at uh, one of the halls with uh, at um, uh, some famous place in London. I forget now. And uh, when some castle, but anyways, we're going to go do that. And Apple rejected our app on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning and said it was insurance and it wasn't. And, but we had some issues. We were working with Lloyd's of London to figure it out. But for there was a 48 hour period, we were dead in the water. Everything we had uh -huh. done was just gone. And so um, we went out to Walton's and bought all their mini champagne bottles. Started uh -huh. drinking. Uh -huh. And I texted her and said, hey, Tuesdays are for drinking. What are you doing? And she said, well, I'm an adult. I'm working. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I'm an adult too, uh, and I'm working on getting drunk because Apple just kicked us to the curb. So we ended up, you know, she she was like, oh, who is this asshole? You know, I don't need to date some high school kid who doesn't understand responsibility. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, ended up winning her over, and you know, it's like nine months later, we were engaged, and it went pretty fast. Very fortunate. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, nine months. You, you did not uh, hesitate. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Found it's, a good uh, thing. Lock it down. Got a good thing. You lock it down. You move forward, and you just uh, you just embrace it, man. You know, and, and do the best you can. And you know, it was fun. We did our wedding in Thailand, which was interesting. Um, that was a lot of fun on the beach in Thailand. She got super sick. I told Deb that story. She. Uh, we, we get, we go on the beach, we have all this great food, like an eight course meal, seven different kinds of wine, all of this crazy stuff. It was awesome. Uh-huh. And we go back to the room and we're, we are consummating our wedding. And she goes, get off, <laughs> get off. And I go, I'm trying. She goes, no, you got to get off me. <laughs> and explosive diarrhea happened. Oh, wow. I mean, so loud, you could hear it and then you'd smell it. She loves when you tell this story, huh? Oh, she does. She's like, you should tell this story more on the podcast. You should let everyone around the world know that um, uh, that my asshole became a flaming faucet for about five minutes. And then the shower came on. And then she stepped back out. And she's like, would you like? I'm like, I'm good. We'll just wait till tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> We're okay. We're good. Well, you know, did, you guys, did you guys get to ride elephants or do any of that uh, typical Thailand tourist stuff? Uh, we what, had, we, what were the highlights besides the beaches? You know, we were up in um, Chiang Mai, which is uh, my favorite spot, northern Thailand. And we were actually at an elephant refuge. Uh, our resort was way, way up in the mountains, way up, like 30, 40 minutes outside of Chiang Mai. And uh -huh. so you'd wake up and you'd just see elephants just cruising by, uh, cruising by your room, just your little bungalow, big, small. And you'd get these buckets of bananas and sugar cane. And you'd go feed them. And it was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So we got to hang out with them. We got to do ox rides. Uh, we got to do a bunch of stuff. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, Thailand's beautiful, man. I mean, especially Northern Thailand. The beaches were okay. Uh, the, the place where we were at Koh Samui, it's interesting. There are, some, um, there are a lot of uh, shrines all over the island. Uh-huh. 
and in the shrines, all there is is just dicks, wooden dicks, all different sizes of wooden dicks, big wooden dicks, little wooden dicks, guys wearing wooden dicks around their wrist, guys wearing wooden dicks around their waist. And it's a fertility thing. And so you go in and you'll see Fanta and bottles half drank, you know, and there's, uh, there's uh, lays wrapped around the head of this wooden dick. And it's just, they're decorated <laughs> dicks. It's, I mean, the, the worship of dicks on Kosamui is out of control crazy. I, I did not know. <laughs> You're just like, there's a, there's a lot of dicks. It's pretty interesting. But Chiang Mai is good for the cooking. Uh, the food's amazing. The, uh, along with the food, you also have some amazing, uh, some amazing um, shops and just the people were great up there. They were so nice. They were so inviting. Uh, I, was, I was a big fan of Thailand, big fan. Uh, those areas, wasn't a big fan of Bangkok, but that's a big city. I mean, that's like someone, you know, comparing New York to Montana and there's like, oh, it's so busy and everyone's trying to get a buck from you and everything's a little more expensive and that's every big city anywhere on planet earth. So you really uh -huh. can't complain about that, but it was, it was fun. That's cool. Where, uh, where did you say you were from in Montana? I am from a little small town called Clancy. Uh -huh. Outside of Helena, the capital, I'm going to open up another beer. I'm going to go with uh, my new friends. Well, my new friends, my old friends. I just love them so much. Amy and crew over at Independence Brewing, their session IPA, Power and Light. Mm. I'll have to give that one a try. No, we have a, a cousin that lives in Bozeman. I didn't know how far that was. I know uh, Montanans tend to be pretty uh, proud of the fact they're from Montana and stick together. So... Bozeman is about two hours away, two and a half hours away from Helena, or uh, about an hour away from the little town where I was, where I started to grow up in, which was called Townsend, which is called Townsend. Uh -huh. I mean, the, Townsend's so small, there's not a stoplight in the town. There's a couple of stop signs, but that's about it. And uh, my nice. grandparents had a ranch there, but Bozeman's beautiful, man. You had a chance to go up there. Have you gone up there? Uh, yeah, we went once, but it was like uh, it was for a wedding on New Year's Day. It was cool. It still seemed a little like Wild Westy. They had like uh, card houses, but they weren't like standard card houses. And I don't know, like it was cool. We enjoyed it. It was uh, like nice things to look at and whatnot, even though they were mostly covered in snow. But I don't know. It just kind of felt like a throwback. You know, it didn't. Of course, it's a small town in Montana or not small, but you know what I'm saying? What, yeah. I, I didn't even ask. What is it like 50, 80,000? It's not like. Maybe. It's not probably, like a half a million or anything. No, it's uh, when the students are there, I think it's like about 150,000. I don't know. Let me, uh, I don't know how much people are in Bozeman these days. I mean, it, back then it was probably a little smaller, uh, but population of Bozeman is, dun, 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 uh, yeah, 48,000 right on there. Yeah, no, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's just like a, a town. You wouldn't call it a, city right or definitely not a big city but it's cool they they uh, recently so they were in la uh doing movies and stuff and now they've moved back there and it's just kind of wild whenever they're posting pictures like yesterday they were in their hot tub in the snow and it's friggin what april 12th so that's kind of wild it was just completely different from what we've got going on down here in austin right now yeah it was it's uh i, I took some friends up there once we uh I did my high school years in Big Fork, Montana, which is the northwest corner. So Bozeman uh -huh. Central, it is on the east side of the Continental Divide, but there's still mountains there. There's great skiing, lots of snow. 
a bummer for Bozeman skiers and people in Montana in that area get mad when I say this, but it's a wind-facing mountain. Wind-facing mountain, snow gets a little choppy, a little icy because you've got beautiful sun and then you have some wind that picks up and moves east to west and it just it can get a little dicey, a little icy there. But past that, it's great. You know, it's beautiful. Uh, I'm a big fan. And it was, um, we were, uh, anyways, up in Whitefish, we, my senior year of college, we were, I was down in Newport Beach, California, going to a small private school down there. And my friends and I decided that our spring break would be best served to drive all the way up to Montana, uh -huh. hang out there for a week. And it had, uh, it had snowed for 114 days straight. <laughs> That's just so foreign to me. <laughs> we had nine feet of snow at our house. So you'd get out in the morning, you'd get up and you would shovel your driveway. And the night before you went to bed, you'd shovel the driveway so that you could manage this. Cause it was just this light falling snow the whole time. Just like someone was sitting up there with a sifter of flour. Right. And if you didn't uh, shovel before you went to bed in the morning, it would be beyond. Yeah. Just too much. And so there was no left turns in town because all the four lane streets had gone to two because there was so much snow, they're plowing and they're piling it up on the left hand, the right, in the middle, and then on, on the right hand side of the road. So there was no left hand turn. So you really had to know how to get around and do stuff in um, in the area, or it wouldn't uh, or it wouldn't work. It was pretty amazing. So we go up there. Uh, we went up to the ski mountain up there, which is called Big Mountain at the time. We went skiing. We played snow volleyball. We we drank at the bar. Uh, the, I forget the name of the bar up there, but Playboy ranked it as one of the top 10 uh, party bars for uh, skiers in the world. And it was, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It was pretty fun. It was right next to Canadian border. I mean, that's how far north it is. And yeah, we spent, uh, we spent a week up there and just drank to our heart's content and hung around. And, you know, those guys saw the, the duplicity of, Montana in the afternoon, which is kind of straight laced. And then at night where they just, you know, go out and party and drink and have a good time. And my buddy would hook us up with these drinks. And as you, if you drank them, you got them for free. If you could finish, I think it was in two minutes, I think is what he said. Uh -huh. And it was a shot of Jaeger. It was a glass of um, vodka crayon. And then it was a Budweiser. Yikes. Finished it all in two minutes. You were good. Hey, is that anywhere close to a glacier? Because that's definitely someplace uh, that's, that's yeah, on that's my ridiculous. radar. That's right in my backyard. Glacier National Park is epic. You have to go. You absolutely have to go. It is, it's gonna, it's going away. So it's it's great to go up there. The going to the sun road where you go to the top, you need to go in July. Uh, in June, that road's closed. There's too much snow. Still? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too much. It's only open for a couple of months. Oh, okay. So I see the occasional picture on Instagram and it's just so sick looking like uh, you can see all the way through the water and the mountains. And it's just like, I uh, know, beyond picturesque. My, uh, my father-in-law, he was, we were in Kentucky and I was telling him about how beautiful and epic the mountains were there. And he's like, no, listen, we have mountains in Kentucky. And I go, no, you don't. And then he drove, <laughs> he went up to Glacier just to prove me wrong. He goes to Glacier he drives to the top and calls me. He goes, you're right. This is a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a two lane road and there's a sheer cliff on one side and there's a wall of snow rapidly melting. I mean, 
rapidly melting. It's drip, 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 drip. Some of it's a, a slight waterfall, so the road's wet. And so you don't know when the snow's just gonna slide off and slam into your car on one side, and the other side is just a, a sheer cliff. And it's two lanes, and it's shitty drivers, and there's no real guardrail. It's pretty amazing. And then if, <laughs> for the kids that love to ride bikes, you'll on a full moon night, there's a, the Dew Drop Inn is one of the bars down at the base of um, Glacier National Park. So you go there, you hang out uh, about five, six o'clock. And during the day, the bike riders will slowly ride their bikes all the way up to the top of the going to the sun road. Then they'll hang out. And at night, that road's closed. Uh-huh. And on a full moon night, they will coast from the top to the bottom. And so if you wow. sit outside, you can listen and you can hear them. You can hear the, 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 uh, the tires, uh, the, the, the spokes through the wind. <laughs> and they come back and their hands are cramped from grabbing onto the brakes. They've burned out their brake pads and they can barely hold on to a beer. It is. Yeah, because the, the, their hands, yeah, are so like cramped up from, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, just trying to get down. And they finally get down to the bottom. And then you've got to take this road about another four or five miles to get to Glacier, to the kind of like the little town of Glacier. But there's, I mean, there's so much stuff to do up there. And there's great food, great restaurants, uh, really nice people, very inviting place, great beers up there. I mean, you know, Big Sky Brewing Company, Moose Rule does an excellent, uh, excellent beer. There's another beer out there called Shake a Day from Big Sky Brewing. You're uh -huh. a gambler. You know what shake, shake a days are? Uh-uh. So bars will cut you. Every bar in Montana, uh, well, not every bar, but the majority of bars in Montana have a, have a shake a day. So you've got a calendar, right? Seven days of the week. I think you pay two bucks or three bucks, but you get three shakes to have six dice all come up the same. Okay. And if you do that, you get whatever the pot is for that day. And sometimes the pot's 200 bucks. Sometimes it's $1,100, $1,200. Uh-huh. you can only do it once a day. <laughs> so as That's soon cool. as you, yeah, so as soon as you, I mean, you pay your two, three bucks, whatever, right? Shake, throw it down, go to the next bar, go to the next bar. You know, you, get, you hit your bars down the strip, right? So it's kind of cool because for the gamblers, they've got the card rooms in the back. The guys who just want to have a quick gamble, boom, boom, boom. You can hit four or five bars. Uh-huh. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. No one really cares. But yeah, then they just, they have them in different buckets. They have the cash in different buckets. They're like, oh, it's Tuesday. You won. And they've got a little tally up there and pen, one of those little whiteboards, right? Uh, today's tally now, because all these people played, is $824. Boom, you're done. Pretty interesting. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot uh, of fun. Hey. Uh, not to get sidetracked, but I'm pretty sure I just saw John Goodman like three or four minutes ago. Is he in this movie? I feel yes, like he, he was the hunt. He was the hunter, right? Doing like a cameo on the TV. Yeah, and John Goodman has a place in northwestern Montana. I've hung out with him many times. Oh, that's hilarious! That's hilarious. <laughs> well played, sir. Well yeah, played. Yeah. For those of you listening, I did not know that. That wasn't a setup. Hey, uh, so Howard's a bit of a pervert, huh? A bit? Yeah, no. Howard's a fucking deviant. Yeah. He is. <laughs> and look who, you know, you've got, you have, yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a pervert. I love the fashion in this movie. Uh, you've, <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got these guys with these, these great earrings and 
you know, he's like, what are you going to punch me with? You know, it's, 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 suck. it's such an amazing film. When you think about that crazy fashion, I was, uh, I did that game with everybody else where they, uh, you know, you post your pictures when you were in high school for these high school seniors who are missing out on, you know, their senior picture or whatever it is. Uh-huh. I mean, I was the kid who was like, really, I missed out. If you would have told me I got like four weeks where I didn't have to do shit and I was still going to graduate no matter what. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, man. I'm happy. As, oh, I, I missed senior prom. Okay, I can still go do drugs with my friends. Still get out of the house and ride my bike and go see them. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> you know, but it was. I guess, but but yeah, but that's because you have the knowledge that you have now. At, you know, late thirties, early forties. When you're seventeen, eighteen, you don't see things that way. It's like everything is horrible and ending. That's true. That's true. But I uh, I posted some pics. You know, I graduated in nineteen ninety two, and uh, it was um. Yeah, that those fashion choices, that mullet that I had, that moulet that I had was impressive. <laughs> impressive to say the least oh it's and french then, in montana huh yeah oh the moulet the yeah there's there's a bar in montana and um it is uh what do we call it it was um it was it was a biker bar in the middle of nowhere it was called the silver bullet and it was a rough bar i mean this is just nothing but harley's tattoos and leather it was rough and when I was in college, I managed a billiards hall. So I used to go out to the Silver Bullet to get money. I bartended and worked at a restaurant in uh, Kalispell, but I'd go out to the Silver Bullet, which is out in the middle of nowhere, one road in, one road out. And uh, I'd go back there and hang out. If I didn't see anyone kind of recognize me, like, oh, what are you guys playing? Three ball. Well, what's three ball? Well, you put these three balls in this little dot, you break them open, we're just going to try to figure out what happens. And whoever, whoever makes all three balls in the least amount wins. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Huh, can I try? It's $5 a game. Okay. So you lose some, you win a couple, you lose one, you win two, you win three in a row, you lose one. But now I'm up like a couple hundred bucks. Uh-huh. And my buddy comes from the bar and he's like, dude, are you smoking these fuckers in three ball, bro? Huh? <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, what? And I had an 83 or 83, 84 uh, two-door hatchback Honda Accord four cylinder. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I'm running out of the bar with my cash. Running. Get into this Honda and I'm trying to beat these motorcycles down this road. Thank God part of it was dirt and dust was just kicking up. I thought I was going <laughs> to fucking die. But I my mom she knew what the silver bullet was. And that was a dangerous bar where people fought and got stabbed and all sorts of crazy shit happened there. And I would tell her we were going to the silver boulet. And she's like, oh, well, that sounds, they serve food there? And I was like, they're great food. It's kind of French, it's really nice cuisine. I highly recommend it, highly recommend it. I like it. Yeah, she'd let me go out there and, and, uh, and party it up. Had no idea that her little church son was out there just drinking his face off and uh, gambling and taking money from unsuspecting people. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the uh, conservative upbringing factor in that story. Yep. Yeah. And the John Goodman thing, we were, uh, I was on a plane coming back from Southern California for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh huh. There was a layover in Salt Lake City, and Goodman was on the same flight. 
and two years prior, I worked at the 19th Green at Eagle Bend serving burgers, and I had served him and some other people some food. And somehow he cut, he walked by and he looked and he goes, do I know you? And I'm like, uh, yes, sir. Uh, I used to serve you hamburgers at um, Eagle Bend, 19th Green. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he walks back and he goes, oh, I got to stand up and walk around. Do you want to come to the back of the plane and chat with me? So I got up <laughs> and from Salt Lake City to Whitefish, Montana, I hung out with John Goodman in the back of the plane and chatted with him. Well, he's a big wig. I think it was like Alaska Airlines or something, but he was in first class and they let him off first. So he uh -huh. gets off first and then everyone else gets off. You know, you're kind of at the carousel waiting for your bags. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter what year that happens. It's all bullshit. And it just, you know, it fucking just happens. Uh -huh. And we're, we're messing around and it's, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Pushing through and pushing through and tap on the shoulder. And I'm with my mom. She's like, who's, what did you do? Who's tapping you? And I turn around, I'm like, oh, hello, sir. And he goes, Hey, it was real nice chatting with you, Jason. You have a very Merry Christmas. You have a good time with your family, okay? I'm like, thank you. You have a good one too, sir. He goes, yep, absolutely. Hope to see you again. And then he leaves. And at first my mom's like, why are you talking to strangers? Like, what's going on? Like, this guy from LA? Like, she goes, oh, Harry and the Hendersons. Harry <laughs> and the Hendersons. I'm like, that wouldn't yell it. He's still not quite out of earshot there, Brenda. <laughs> Bring it back in a little bit. <laughs> Bring it back in. You know, that's another another great. That's a movie to watch with the kids. With uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, I think that, I do remember enjoying that one. But doesn't it also have a sad ending? I don't think he dies, but it's just sad when he leaves, right? It is pretty sad when he leaves. Yeah, it's a little sad, but it's it's pretty good. I mean, you know, it's not terrible. But John Goodman, what is in that? I don't remember him yeah, in that one. He's the John Goodman is uh, the father who drives like Clark. John that's not the different. Oh John, no, that's right? John. No, that's John Lithgow. You're right, John Lithgow here in the Hendersons. There you Steve, go. I'm glad you're catching me. Dickman did not <laughs> catch me when we did uh, Roadhouse, and I called um, Sam Elliott, Sam Donaldson the whole time. <laughs> you had USC on the brain, or what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going. Oh, on. actually, I'm sorry. That's Sam Darnold. God, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> venturing off. Yeah, yeah. Who's the Sam uh, Donaldson's the news guy? Yeah, the news guy. Who's the flirty, the girl, the rock and roll girl in, um, in Howard the Duck? She uh, is, I forget her name, but she's the mom from uh, Back to the Future, right? That's right. She is. Leela, Layla Thompson. I don't. Leah Thompson. Uh, is that what it is? I think it is. We're going to go with it. And now All she's right. about to get some Howard the Duck action. Yeah. I was going to mention something a little while ago when they were in the, uh, the back of the club. I saw what, uh. Holly Robinson, Pete. I was like, I like watching these old movies and then people pop up. Like, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, we were watching the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and like oh, yeah. random, randomly different people pop up and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Like uh, Octavia Spencer, who's gone on to much bigger roles than just the lady at the check-in desk. Uh, I forget uh, what the other lady's name is, but she ended up being a, a doctor for several seasons on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, something Ramirez, Ashley Ramirez, maybe? No, I don't know what her name is. But anyways, like, it's just fun when you watch movies that are like, you know, 15 years or older and you see people pop up and you're like, ah, oh, look at that. Because they weren't who they are now. You know, <laughs> everybody's got to start somewhere. Do you think she regrets this um, duck sex scene? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if she still gets royalty checks from this, then no. I, her career turned out okay. You know, th there's nothing wrong with uh, the 
she's money. She was on all three Back to the Futures, right? Like she had, she was an '80s icon, like a staple of so many '80s movies. So nah, I doubt she regrets it. Then you've got that principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh God, didn't he end up getting arrested for like child pornography or something horrible? Probably. He looks like it though. That mustache, <laughs> that grimace, that face. Yeah, yeah. You know. You got Tim Robbins, a young, young, dashing Tim Robbins. Uh, yeah, I noticed him. Was he like a scientist or something? Yeah, scientist, still a science teacher. They're they're measuring duck feathers. Oh, Howard, don't go berserk, Howard! Don't you dare, you son of a bitch! <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is uh, this this is what I love about this movie though, is because. You have these people who, I mean, this was after Ferris Bueller's Day Off that he did Howard the Duck. So that's a lit, you know, he's just, he's got his role, right? Where he's just kind uh -huh. of a, and, and somewhat cast type, but I don't know where else you put that face. Like, he's always going to be the prick. In yeah, some for capacity. sure. And some of that's his look. There's not. I mean, he, he had a decent career off of that, right? So. Yeah. It's just like the guy who every, every 80s, you know, cop movie, that's, that's the sheriff. You're like, well, that's the sh I mean, that's the sheriff. It is who it is. It makes it happen. What, um, is there any jobs you've had in your past that you look back on and you're like, mm, I could have done without that? Uh, not really, because I'm pretty boring. Like, as far as, like, that aspect goes, so, like, I've only had two real jobs as an adult. My current job, which is like a super boring cubicle desk job, and I've been doing that for like almost 14 years, or actually 13 years. And before that, I was a parole officer. So those are the only two jobs that I've had as an adult. But parole like officer? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Um, but, uh, but before that, you know, it's just all the typical dumb stuff you do when you're young, and you're just like, yeah, whatever, that works for, for right now. I'm just trying to get enough money to go out and drink whether it was uh, being a ride operator at uh, Six Flags Fiesta Texas in San Antonio or working the door at Bob Popular's downtown or like, you know, whatever, man, I would just do whatever to, uh, to get by. So like most so, people in their late teens, early twenties, just, you know, any job will do. Any job will do. Yeah. Uh, any, when you look back on those, you're like, shit, I'd probably do that again. Is there, is there one? that if, if push came to shove you'd go i'd go do that job again um man i don't like now in my current yeah in my current, current age yeah. yeah no 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 none of them i'd be like nah man i'm good i'm i'm set yeah i can't think of anything that i'd sign up for to, to do again prior to actually uh, professional jobs i think i would have to go if I had, if push comes to shove, I would 100% go back to bartending. I was a horrible salesperson. Horrible <laughs> Were you? It oh. seems like you would just chat people up and they'd be like, yeah, I mean, I don't, even if they weren't interested in your product, they'd be like, he's a nice guy. Let's see what we can do for him. I think that's how I got stuff done, but I, I never felt good about it. Like, I just never <laughs> felt like I did a good job at sales because I really just wanted to hang out with people. Uh -huh. And and I would be like, oh no, you've got a better deal over here. And I'm like, what? Uh, are you trying not to sell me? I'm like, no, I'm not trying not to sell you, but this, no, it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> uh, I I loved. I, I was I loved I loved being a cook. 
on the line, but uh, I couldn't do it now. I'm too old. I just, it's, that's, that's tough. That's tough, tough living. And, um, bartending is easy, man. Cause you're just, you're kind of listening to people. You basically have to make five drinks. You don't know five drinks. Some asshole comes in and they're like, Hey, do you do a, a purple nightingale titty twister? And you're like, yeah, it's a shot of whiskey. And I punch <laughs> you in the dick. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My wife used to be a bartender before she got into managing restaurants. And uh, she was just like, she's nice if you know her, but she's, she can be mean. And it's funny because she would just be mean to all the guys. And they thought it was hilarious in an act. But it was just like literally how she is. But people would just eat that shit up. So it, it, I know what you mean when you're talking about bar bartending it's a yeah it can be a fun gig it can, it can be. so your wife manages restaurants now that's kind of cool yeah tough, tough time right now i apologize about the timing of it but oh yeah but i mean everyone's going through something right now right so. how do you um now are you working from home uh yeah which is weird because the like so it's a government job that i have and it's uh it's pretty boring but it was very like you guys will never work from home uh, sort of stuff and uh like that's how i knew this was gonna not be something that was going to be done in a week or two when they even started entertaining the option of us working from home much less when they finally signed off on it and they were like yeah uh just go they're they're weird though like you would think it'd be like you're gonna work from home we have a secure site just log on to the website but nope they had us bring home our desktops and uh plug in a, a ethernet cord and no wi-fi sort of stuff so, uh, yeah, uh, I've been working from home for like two or three weeks now. And, uh, yeah, taking some getting uh, used to. When the kids have the days off from school, like today, my kids did not have school. It can be a bit trying because they're running around uh, acting wild and whatnot. But when they have their uh, learning online, it's not that bad because they don't become restless until like two or three in the afternoon as opposed to today when they woke up and they were like ready to get into trouble at 10 in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> I uh no it's it's because of my jobs it's crazy uh you know I've got a six-year-old she's she's nuts dude she's having fun but I bought all these different books all this crazy stuff uh, science experiments and I've got her and her friends coming over and like how much citric acid do we put in this I'm like oh Jesus hold on a second oh yeah I'm I saw you do something with the Mentos and the soda this Last oh, that didn't work. Right. Yeah, that one didn't work so well. I bought cheap soda. I got the 99 cent two liters. You know, listen, times are tight, man. I don't know how long this shit's going to last. <laughs> right, everyone's well, also, you're, just, you're buying it just to waste it, so you don't want to get the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And those still, every one of those kids, can I get a drink of this now? It's like, there's Mentos in there. They're like, nah, I don't care. Sounds amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. Which one do you want? Uh, I want to, what if I mixed all of them? I'm like, that's, uh, that's called a graveyard. <laughs> everyone had a different name right we would call it suicides oh you'd call it see suicides nice we weren't allowed to use that word <laughs> my mom my mom was a big believer in, in the words you used could call up satan at any moment oh, oh. <laughs> it sounds like uh your mom and my mother-in-law probably would have gotten along uh the wife tells me stories of how like they couldn't listen to certain music like not not anything crazy, just like Def Leppard sort of stuff. Because uh, yeah, the mom kind of had the same clamps on her as uh, apparently yours did on you. So, my first rock and roll album that I was ever allowed to listen to, I was in the sixth grade, 
went to the Albertsons, I know the Safeway in Whitefish, Montana, and they had a tape section and I had saved up my money all summer long. And the only tape out of the 200, 300 tapes that were there that I was allowed to buy was Huey Lewis and the News Sports. Is that the one that has a, a new drug? Yeah, and I was not allowed to listen to that song. <laughs> That's so funny. That song was my jam for like, a, what was that? I had to be like in the fifth grade, so I didn't even know what was going on. I just really loved Huey Lewis and the News, and I thought that song was super cool. Oh, yeah. Want a New Drug was cool. Heart of Rock and Roll. Uh, yeah, that was. And then I met Huey Lewis in the airport in Missoula, Montana in 1992. And I was standing yeah. next to my brother and I said, that's Huey Lewis is right there. That's Huey Lewis. And my brother goes, it's not. And he turns and he goes, I am. <laughs> and he had on a denim jacket. And it had a Budweiser bottled embroidered on the back. He went into the <laughs> bar after he got his bags. He went into the bar and he got a beer. I was 17 and just graduated from high school. Just come off a cruise. My brother was, my stepbrother was 21. And we walked into that bar, sat down next to Huey Lewis and had a beer with him. That's cool. Dude, he was, I was just like, uh, all I had for him to sign. This is back for you kids that don't know. There wasn't selfies. There were autographs and whatever piece of paper and whatever pen you could find this is how you got the autograph too relatable yeah oh the michael keaton double issue batman rolling stone that was the magazine i had in my backpack i asked my mom for a pen and my mom had a light purple felt tip pen in her back so <laughs> So, yeah, so the, the magazine had nothing to do with him. There nope. was going to be a horrible signature. <laughs> yep. He was like, yeah, and they, and they would just do that because people would not bother him as much as they do now because now they get bothered all the time for selfies. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine you look at the magazine like, what's the, my, I'm, I don't even have an album in here. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. But it's paper. There's a pen. So you got a paper and a pen and then your hand and then it moves like, you know, putting your name on it. It's not like we would go home and frame it or anything, but we were just so happy to have it and we'd know where we put it and it'd be like, oh yeah, that's a, that's the stack over there where I got Huey Lewis's autograph. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> In the stack of like your favorite magazines. It's like, well, that Rolling Stone's real special to me. Uh, Chagall yeah. Guevara, they, uh, their write-up was in that one and that's Steve Taylor and he's, he's pretty interesting. And then you're like, and then below that, don't touch it too much. Huey Lewis signed <laughs> my Batman double issue. <laughs> Who, uh, so it sounds like Huey and John Goodman were both pretty cool dudes I've rarely met um, an asshole as far as fame goes uh-huh. uh, I've met a lot of I've met, I've met a lot of nice people I mean like my good friend now she lives in LA um, she, uh, she was an actress on television for a while and movies She's the number two most syndicated show in the world. Uh, remember that show, Las Vegas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only watched like three or four episodes of it, but I remember who's the, uh, the main character, old James Conn, right? Yeah. yeah. Or like he's one of the main characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, she was the hostess in that, the little small um, Latina woman named Vanessa uh -huh. Marcel. 
Uh-huh. And when I go to LA, I stay at her guest house, which is a beautiful house on top of Mulholland Drive. Nice. <laughs> a pool that's 10 feet deep, heated at 75 degrees, and about 15 feet long. And I've got a little wing. It's mine. <laughs> that's dope, dude. Yeah, well, I, I, I golfed in the George Lopez Celebrity Golf Tournament, and uh, she was our caddy. She was oh, awesome. How did, how did that come about? How'd you get it? Did you... <laughs> What? I'm like, were you working? You no, it was a day. I was at work. I was at work that day. Oh wow! Uh, I talked a company that I was with into um, sponsoring a hole at that golf tournament, but uh -huh. no one in the company except for me golfed. So then I got to go to LA, stay at the Chateau Marmont, and then call my all my LA buddies and be like, "Who wants to come golf with me?" <laughs> and then we got gift bags we got all sorts of crazy shit it was amazing it was so much fun that was so not a hard fun. sell to the buddies oh no phone was blowing up then my no come on bro me me come on man come on and it ended up being um so i got to bring two people so i brought this girl um mickey who was really paired up to be the next jennifer aniston she had been in a lot of films she was growing as an actress and then she said to step back or something happened like a harvey weinstein incident happened uh-huh uh my buddy regan who was uh worked at people magazine and then uh joining us on the other side because my boss wanted to invite one of his friends was um the uh the grandson of the founder of corona and uh then we had an actor uh, and he was one of the gentlemen from CSI New York and uh, he golfed with us and those two were serious golfers I mean they're throwing lawn darts out there Dave I'm not joking man it's just <laughs> right by the pin I'm looking at I'm looking at everyone and I first thing I say to the guy from Corona is at the first hole and I'm we teed off at like 10 I party the night before with uh, some people with a couple of baseball people because basically they take all the celebrities and then all the sponsors and they put them together in a room. Uh-huh. It was us, uh, Tony LaRusso, whoever nice. the Cardinals GM was. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then John Rocker. Oh, wow. He's still super racist. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the first thing that popped in my mind when you said his name. So super um, racist. also, Still huge, and at the time was about ten percent body fat. Well, <laughs> Dude, so he was still in his playing days. Uh, no, he was out of his playing days. But he was still in great shape. Gotcha. And so we ended up hanging out. I was with my buddy Regan at People Magazine. We're hanging out, and I remember Tony takes one of his World Series rings off, and uh, Regan was a big Cubs fan. He goes, "Well, I'm from Chicago. Uh -huh. I'm a Cubs fan," and he slides his ring around. He goes, "Look at that! Look at that ring." Your team, will never see, your team will never see one of these. And he snatched it up and put it on his finger. <laughs> and so we're drinking tequila till, until the bar closes. Uh -huh. Rocker's done. I'm done. We're hanging out. We get done. 10 in the morning. I'm already, I'm already drinking. I am Jason Dickett, so I'm mad when I say this. I've never had a hangover in my life. I don't get him. I love him. I, don't, I, mean, I, I, love the, I love the fact that I don't get him. So I, can, so I just wake up. Boom go for a three mile run up and down sunset by Chateau and then get to the golf course. Uh-huh. Just crack open some beer, start drinking. First thing I say to the Corona kid is I'm like, man, here you are, part of the Corona family, great beers, 
Mexico's ever produced. Not true, but I'm just blowing some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be, yeah. Can't be like, I love Pacifico or Dos yeah. Equis is even better. That your stuff tastes like, yeah, <laughs> skunk piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your skunk piss in your clear bottles, fucko. Get a clue. <laughs> Brown those bottles. Get them a suntan. I said, it wouldn't it be nice if we just had some Coronas. But, I mean, I get it. You don't have any juice here. The next hole, there was a golf cart, and pulling behind it was a red wagon, and it was full of ice-down Coronas. <laughs> we got shit-canned. What we didn't realize until we were six holes in and out of the running was that there was, for each person, it was um, for four, all expenses paid, first class, hotel, everything to Hawaii. Oh, yeah, you might have paid a little, uh, played a little harder. Might might not have been, might not have been ten beers deep by the third hole, for sure. <laughs> Would have also chose chose my golfing friends a little bit better as well. <laughs> but I'm what, not what finishing. Oh, uh, we were dead last. And the actor guy was pissed. The Corona guy didn't care. I mean, he's got more money. Than else. He just bought another soccer team. He doesn't care. The actor guy was pissed. I took him aside like the eighth hole. I came in. You got to calm the fuck down. We're not going <laughs> to win. And if you want to walk away right now, go right ahead. But you're being a dick, and it's not cool. So we ended up, you know, just uh, hanging out. And Vanessa and I exchanged numbers. And uh, we texted and stayed in touch ever since. And, you know, she's... Uh, married to a California Highway Patrol guy who, you know, the motorcycle chips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Monterella. Dude, yeah. he's so nice. He's so, his MC's his name. He's a uh -huh. monster of a human being. You know, where I'm staying at her house, I'm like, I'm going to cook you guys dinner and I got uh, tomahawk steaks and we've got all this stuff going on. And I brought some friends up to help me cook and then also just introduce them to Vanessa and just kind of do the whole thing. And she's like, I'm running late, but MC's on the way. I'm like, okay, so a guy I've never met, I'm in your house, I've torn apart your whole kitchen. I've got like four bottles of wine open. We've got a 12 pack of Pacifico. In between cooking, we're jumping into the pool to swim across it, to get out, to cook on the grill. We're just fucking around. We're just being right. assholes. And the one person who carries a gun is the first person to come home besides me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, this is fantastic. And he came in and he just gave me a hug. Give me a handshake and a hug. Welcome like, so, up. Yeah. Hey, hey, man. Great to finally meet you. I heard so much about you. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. You're the nicest person. And you can kill me. This is great. <laughs> They're the best. She's got an amazing family, amazing people. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never met the, the rude people ever. I don't know. I don't mean, that's, that. a, that, that's pretty impressive because I think a lot of people have some sort of a, a you know, uh, asshole celebrity sort of stories. I, I don't, I don't bump into them as frequently as you do, but yeah, that's a. You would think uh, as a parole officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get Cedric Benson once. He'd been there enough. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing that exciting. I do believe, uh, I think one time Jamie Foxx's dad called up to the office because he had been in some trouble, but uh, that would, that would be the extent of it. Jimmy what the? What what's going on right now? The the, the special effects with these uh, blue lasers shooting out of uh, his eyes. This is. Did, did he just turn into an alien? What 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 did that? Mean? All right. So yeah, for people catching up, uh, what had happened? There was an explosion 
at the uh, the secret place where they took Howard the Duck to experiment on him. Uh-huh. And that explosion, then uh, this demon in, infected our asshole principal, now asshole scientist. Uh-huh. And he just took Howard the Duck's magical remote control that can get him back home. But more importantly is, you know, Howard the Duck is fighting these big truckers. And then what we find out is that, you know, our guy's possessed, but not only is he possessed, he's possessed with this demon that makes his eyes glow blue and then shoot out, uh, shoot out lightning. And we saw him, you know, destroy some perfectly good condiments. Now, what's it's, with this? Uh, what is with this diner? And I didn't know uh, that pies could stop fights so, or f- pies could stop people from, um, you know, from... Uh, from from being able to uh, hit a duck so easily. I mean, next time I'm going to fight, I'm just going to bring pies, I guess. Like guns? Have you tried pies? You throw a cream pie at someone, they're blinded for two or three seconds. Look, he's got he's got bad acne. He's got some, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's pale. Um, he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's, you know, with his face, he's very sweaty. The uh, The special effects from these old movies are what get me the most besides like some of these horrible storylines and plots and whatnot it's uh i don't even know why they try sometimes with the special effects probably should that's all they were working with back then and that's all you're working with right and and you got to think about the idea that you know what even today special effects there's a green screen imagine them telling the actor all right so here's the scene you're at the diner i want you to look at the ketchup and mustard bottles your eyes are going to glow blue. They're going to be blue, and then pop, those bottles are going to explode. Now, you've got to imagine that inside of you is this blue lightning eyes. Can you feel it? Can you see it? And there's some asshole going, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm going to get the moment. Five more minutes in the trailer, a little bit of meth, I'm going to get the moment. <laughs> But it's like the, the karate kid and Mr. Miyagi ran this fucking restaurant. Everyone's got that headband on. <laughs> They've got ducks hanging up. I mean, this is, you know, this is, it's like they brought the China market to a, to a, uh, you know, an LA diner all of a sudden. Yeah, they got like, a, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but they got some sort of weird uh, symmetry going on here with, you know, he sits down at the diner. They serve him eggs. He freaks out. He's zipping around on that uh, short order cook thing, and he's next to all the hanging uh, poultry carcasses. <laughs> now look at that, uh, huh? Uh, yeah. He gets yeah. the afterglow. He's like, oh, oh, you thought that was one, two. Uh oh. How do they not? How do they tie his legs down and not his hands? I. <laughs> Man, this is. Uh... There's a lot going on. I like how he's, if you could have a, because obviously he's, he's demon possessed with electricity. Dave, you got a chance. You're a, you got to be a superhero. You get one superpower. What's it going to be? Uh, I mean, it'd either be to fly or can I say invincible? If I can say invincible, I want to be invincible. Yeah. There's guys who are invincible. I mean, generally yeah, yeah, speaking, yeah. right? Give, give, give me, give me a, like some Wolverine powers where I can just like regenerate and it's all good. Like uh, I, I don't have to worry about stuff. I'm going to go invisibility. 
Oh, yeah, that's a good one. But, I mean, can you turn it off and turn it back on? Or once you're invisible, you're invisible? Forever. No, I'm going to turn it off, turn it back on. I'm going to turn that, it off yeah. and then just hang out. And, uh, and that way I can rob banks. <laughs> I only want to think about superpowers where I can do crimes. That's a good idea, man. I think I, I like invisibility better than, uh, you know, not, uh, not being able to be harmed by bullets and stab wounds and such. The invisibility would come in more handy. It would. It would be just, you know, it's, man, I'm a, like right now. Oh, no. My pay got cut. Oh, I lost my job. Invisible person's like, oh, I don't fucking care. I'll walk into the bank and grab my cash. Get out of here. <laughs> Look for the little die packs. All of a sudden, someone thinks. And then what you do, here's the best part. You're real smart. Become friends with like a David Blaine. And he walks in and he's like, he's going to do his deposit. Air quotes, deposit. And but instead he's gonna be doing cool magic tricks like watch your dollar float right now holding the dollar, woo, woo. but no one can see me. The dollar's just floating, it's pretty amazing. And then all of a sudden a backpack walks out and they're like, oh, is that David Blaine's other trick? He's like, that's not me. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like I'm right here. Boom, boom. Walk out. You know, got the cash. Or you wait till the end of the night when you're hanging out, and you just kind of grab all your shit. Now I don't understand. You know, there's there's some flaws in this, obviously, because if you put it, if you're if a visible person carrying a duffel bag out full of cash, right? They're gonna see that you can't make the duffel bag invisible. They're gonna see the duffel bag being dragged out. But you know, <laughs> we'll work out the kinks later. The exactly. important thing is that you're invisible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm invisible, and that's that's uh, you know that that's the most important part. Absolutely. It is. Uh, you know, it's it's a good thing. I, I definitely. I don't, know, I, I don't want to see the weird part, like these other superpowers, you know, uh, for instance, Howard, the, the duck's nemesis here, who I don't know if they really call it a superpower as much as he's like possessed by some crazy thing. The look that it gives you, that's the real yeah. bummer. He's, uh, he's doing some, some like Mortal Kombat radon stuff, the way he's just shooting lightning or radio waves, whatever out at everybody. Yeah. And then he's like, I, he's going to, bring the dark overlords in he's gonna bring him in with his remote control i like that as he's got he can make eyes fire anywhere he can move a knife around he can shoot laser beams he can glow blue but he needs a fucking pager to bring the dark overlords back <laughs> i'd like to know how these writer rooms go when they're like coming up with these insane things like is, are these plot lines and uh little storylines that are being written at four in the morning and they're like we just need to put something down on paper so we can leave for the night and then the next day they're like yeah we already wrote it so let's keep on going in this general direction or like uh, i don't know some of them just seem so flawed i mean i, I well one thing crucial pot was not legal at this point in, in this point in time right <laughs> right so <laughs> i you know i mean i would think that they're just kind of going for it in some capacity that they are just, they're just like, well, shit, we wrote it down. I guess we got to <laughs> keep it. I mean, think about that, that first computer you had. You know, if you didn't save anything, right, it, it, everything disappeared. It was horrible, A. But B, also, you'd have made all that effort to slowly type stuff out because you could type much faster than the computer could put the letters up on the screen. So if you got into the Dark Overlords, you know, need to grow inside a human body and that human body is going to get sweaty and crazy okay 
I mean, fuck, dude. Who wants to delete all of that? It's another <laughs> hour of typing. It's some bullshit. It's not going to happen. Oh, he's falling asleep. He needs energy. I like how there's. I like how every dark, every bad guy in every '80s, '90s movie, every one of them, they, they give their plot away every single time. Oh, oh, I need energy. Oh, oh, look at that tongue. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no, <laughs> sir. That is not okay. No, 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 no. Oh. It's, uh, it's, funny, it's funny how you say that. Just yesterday I was watching uh, the original Die Hard, and there's, I forgot how there's several parts that just are so bad and don't make sense. Like uh, when he hands Hans the gun, if he already knows that Hans is the bad guy, it's fine that he gave him the empty gun, but he has so many chances to just shoot him when the elevator opens and they don't. And then just like, there's just so many things that you're talking about how you give away your plot line or, you know, give away your plans to the, uh, the people. It's just, I, I don't know. I feel like we could do a better job if we sat down for, uh, you know, two weeks to come up with a movie. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Die Hard, you know, I, 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 at the time, and even still, I'd say a, a, a majority of it holds up as far as just a fun, campy action film. Uh-huh. But it's got to be campy. I mean, you Yeah, no, have... I mean, it's still one of my faves. I just forgot, like, there's some, like, oh, man, really? That's what we're doing? He couldn't find, you know, why was he, you know, he's barefoot. Uh, you know, th- th- there's, there's a lot of foreshadowing, if you will. Um, but there's also, it's just... There is the level of silliness. I, le- I love the cokehead in Die Hard. Hans, baby. Ooh, oh, yeah, baby. yeah. Come on. What, what, did, what did he say? He said, hey, well, put the gun away. What, what, this, what is this, method acting? Come on. This <laughs> is uh, radio, not TV. Yeah. Bubby, yeah. Hans, come on. Come on. Listen, I wheel and deal. $100 million deals every day. Whoops, put the gun away. This is not method acting. All right, come on. We're on the phone here. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to end up being a uh, technical problem or what is going on, but I've had my phone on the charger. That's why I'm not looking at you anymore. Oh, and it's it fine. is, it's not uh, like uh, I put it on there at 11 and I'm down to three. I mean, so I don't think I'm going to make it to the, uh, to the end of the movie, but when it cuts out, that's why what happened. I'm giving you the heads up. Okay. Dude, no worries. Listen, okay. we have had a couple of these end early and I just, I, I wrap it out. I did a, uh, a movie with, um, a gentleman uh, who was in the uh, the documentary Delt. Watch it. Duds? D-U? Delt. D, Delt. like oh, you're okay. dealing cards. D-E-L-T. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got you. What's it he's about? A, so he's a third-degree black belt. Uh-huh. He's blind, and he's the number one card mechanic in the world. He manipulates cards, and he's blind. That's pretty crazy. So I got to hang out with him for an afternoon. And I thought I was going to get all this juicy, crazy shit out of him, right? I'm just like, oh, man, I'm going to how do you swindle people? But he's a very nice, like, charismatic, but very nice man. Uh-huh. And uh, he really didn't want to, um, quite honestly, he just didn't want to, uh, you know, steal from people. Uh-huh. And he's blind. I mean, motherfucker's blind. Cannot How does see. he do it? He can feel it? or He didn't grow up blind. He got a he got scarlet fever and he became blind, uh-huh. and because of that, um, he doesn't have um, constant darkness. And instead, he just has a point of of darkness, which is he doesn't see anymore. But when he sees people, they present a color to him. So he designed his home 
We talk about he designed his home. And there's something about the way he touches cards and he's sponsored by a couple card companies. But uh-huh. there's a, something about when he touches cards, he knows what suit it is. So he can deal you all kings. Uh-huh. He, he can legitimately like shuffle the cards and then just deal you all kings. And you'll never see him pull the king out. You won't even know. It's epic. That's yeah. That's that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty wild. There's a part of me like I want to do a poker tournament with him for charity when this is all done. I got to figure out who to sponsor it. But I want to do it. it's like if uh-huh. you can beat him in a game of poker, you keep the money. But when everyone loses, all that money goes to this charity. How, how, so what did what did the uh, how did he get into this documentary for karate? So so he was as he was blind. He got his second black belt when he was blind. And so they did this. He was in the, he's in the house of magic, magic castle. I mean, all these things, right? He's like, he is regarded for his card tricks, but he's also like a triple black belt. And he's a rock climber. He's this a, dude is, yeah. No wonder he's got a documentary about him. <laughs> I'm like, where's my documentary? Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, That's the bar. Got to lower that. Interesting dude. Do we got to hang out with him for? I got to hang out with him for an afternoon. Yeah, down in he lives down in San Antonio. Uh, He answers his own emails, and then when he (laughs) wanted to remember my phone number, he wrote it like with his finger in the air and saw the numbers light up in his brain. That's that's pretty impressive, man. Like different people have different ways to remember stuff, and I believe that. But like. I could not pull that off. If you gave me a 10-digit number, I you would need to tell it to me like seven times before I could. Oh, at least. Memory. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah. So that is, um, that's the craziness of, uh, yeah, the, uh, but he, he had this documentary about him. He's, he's a fascinating human being. And uh, he wanted his son to do what he does. And uh, his son just didn't. By that, you mean drive. count cards or? Not even count cards, like just manipulate cards. He has, uh-huh. he has a story where he and his wife were making love and she looked over and in one of his free hand, he had a deck of cards that he was manipulating. <laughs> That's a bit much. That's a bit he's, much. He's never not holding a deck of cards. Ever. Ever. He's never not. Ever. It's, it's, it's crazy. He has twelve thousand decks of cards in his home. There's decks everywhere. He walks. I mean, that's around. a good way to get to the uh, Gladwell ten thousand hours. You know, if you're trying to do a yeah. right, if you're trying to be an expert at something, if you always have it in your hand, you're going to get there faster and figure out how to manipulate. That just seems crazy to me. Yeah. Now he's helping kids. He's like helping kids that have the same degenerative eye disease that he has, uh-huh. where you know they're holding up books to the side of their face so they can read one letter and just trying as hard as they can it's it's it really is a fascinating documentary i think that's on netflix i'm almost positive it's on netflix check it out watch it with the kids he talks about working with kids but also just overcoming adversity is a Uh big thing and the way he overcame adversity and the aggressiveness in which he took this joe rogan-esque run at life is i mean he had two broken arms or one broken arm when he got his black belt for blocking kicks Oh shit! Yeah, because why uh, you? He can't see the fucking people, right? <laughs> like how's? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this, this is a uh, pretty impressive, man. 
yeah, every once in a while I get some, you know, it's like him and uh, Tim Kennedy were probably two crazy people. Tim was terrifying to talk to. I'm not because, familiar with Tim. What's his uh, claim so to fame? Tim Kennedy's a former UFC fighter, heavyweight. Uh-huh. Uh, he's an army ranger and um, uh, Green Beret, army ranger Green Beret. Oh, yeah. So a general badass. General, like he'll, he'll break off your pinky and kill you with your own pinky kind of guy. Uh-huh. And, you know, he is, I mean, he, he's a superhero. He really is a superhero. And I got to sit down with him and we did Spies Like Us. And dude, oh, I was sweating the whole time because I, <laughs> he's such a badass and he's so chill and he's so nice. Uh-huh. So just like, yeah, man, what's up? So, hey, this is pretty cool. And we're just giggling and laughing. And he's telling me about the SARS training, Sears training, Sears training. But they do this special training uh, for Navy, for um, not for Navy SEALs, but for whatever they do for the Army, right? They do this special, uh-huh. special training. And he's like, yeah, so um, they put my feet, they, the lake was frozen over, they cut holes in it, they put my feet in that frozen lake, and they made me go down to my balls, and then they would beat my back with phone books for an hour. What the fuck? He's like, so when they say waterboarding's torture, I don't agree with that because you're not going to die from that. And I could have died from my training. That's yeah, some of this stuff just seems uh, <laughs> archaic and hard to understand in uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's such a badass. And you're like, do you disagree? Oh, fuck no, it's crazy. You're like, no, I get it. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I was so I was so drinking the Kool Aid that when uh, he came out, he was on Rogan. So he first started on my podcast, then he went on Rogan's podcast and talked about the same thing. He was on Fox News talking about the same thing. And he got a whole bunch of shit. And I was like, Tim, if you really want to find out if this is torture or not, by all means, waterboard me. We'll find out. What? Yeah, I was like, oh, waterboard me. It's Tim. I mean, and he, he texts me back and he's like, it's okay, Jason. I think we're going to let this one go. But thanks for the offer. <laughs> I mean, committed to the show. Applause to you, Jason. Dude, got to be committed to the show. Come on, man. God knows what, uh, what episode happen. is this? Uh, Tim's one of the first like ten or ten or eleven episodes, and you can tell I'm nervous as fuck. You know. And then then when I got you know the 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 good old um, whatever it was uh, the comedy festival came through town. I got some comics that came through. Moon Tower or yeah, the Moon Oddball? Tower. Moon oh, okay. Tower. So Jason Dick and I did Ophira Eisenberg. I talked with Jesse May Pelusa. And then that just kind of opened the floodgates a little bit and got some different people in. But it's funny. This podcast will rank higher than a famous person's podcast. Oddly enough. Do you have any idea why it works out that way? Conversationally, uh, it's just different. It re- they really are just different, right? Um, Jesse May and I, that's, that's one of the top five most downloaded. And that's because uh-huh. she also put it on her podcast network as well. But that said, like my buddy Brett, he was on with me. He's, out of, he's up in Dallas. And we hung out and did our thing. And then um, the last week I did uh, Whitney Chitwood, who's a touring comic. I mean, she makes a good living traveling all over the world doing stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. And he's doubled her downloads. And some of it is because I'm pining to pull stuff out of them. 
Uh -huh. I probably just don't do as good of a job as I probably should. Uh, and then conversations like this, like we're just sharing stories and bullshitting. There's no right. end game. Like I'm not, there's no secret I'm trying to pull out of you. Right. There's, gotcha. there, there's not, not that there's a, I'm trying to pull a secret out of anyone cause I'm not, but I think, you know, I mean, even her, she's like, Oh, you know, this is different. And I really like that. This is, we're just, I feel like we're friends having a conversation, but then there's the friends of us having a conversation. And then there's people like you who, you know, I, I, I harass you on Instagram and you finally just give up your <laughs> cell phone number. And then I, you know, <laughs> no, I've been wanting to come on. It's just that, uh, during the, during the week, it's kind of hard to, uh, to get away from work. But since we were able to do this, uh, after work hours due to the uh you know the current oh, yeah. situation there was no no need to drive up to a dive bar or whatever that spot's called is, is it is it called dive bar yeah dive bar and lounge uh the team yeah. there's they're so nice they just and i'll always do stuff like this from whether it's skype or or anything um to uh just to chat with people like i, don't, I really don't care i mean it's always a good excuse for me to day drink and and have a good time but then again, during the night or any time like this is, is great because it's just, it's an opportunity to hang out and have fun. I mean, at the yeah, end of the day. these times when we're just hanging out with the people in our house, this is nice to uh, <laughs> socialize with someone outside of the house. You get to socialize a little bit outside of, outside of the house, A. And then B, you also, you just have this, I don't know, there's just this thing about you know, just having a conversation and, and the whole concept of this, and for the people who listen a lot, I apologize, but you know, the, the whole concept of this was just, I have people over at the house, I've got a big screen and a patio, and we hang out, and we've got the beer fridge, and the guys are talking, I just put a movie on in the background. And it's always That's how you something- came up with the idea? Yeah, and it's always something that we're hanging out watching, right? So we're just like, oh, okay, here we go. Bada boom, bada bing, let's have a good time. Oh, this is my favorite part. Oh, this is, this, you know, <laughs> hold on, you guys, once, one quick second, uh, you know, the duck's going to have sex and you're going to see the condom wrapper. Or, oh, hey, you know, here's the, here's the duck nipples you got to see or whatever it may be. But those are the parts that made this what it was. So I was like, oh man, this is how you, this is not how you watch movies, but this is how you watch movies that you've seen before. This is how you watch movies that maybe one person hasn't seen, but another person has. Uh-huh. And it's ridiculous, like Howard the Duck. So it's not, it's not gripping. It's not casino. We have to shut the fuck, or usual suspects, right? You shut the fuck up and listen. Right. It's, it's there. It's ridiculous. It's hilarious. You look up, you're like, that's Tim Robbins. And the duck can't swim. Okay. But uh, speaking of the duck, is, is this a human inside that? Or is that all just... Uh, that's a human right this this is the 80s they didn't have the technology to do like robotic no. stuff right this is, this is like ewoks like just a person inside a costume well we are going to find out um ed gale was the gentleman who played howard the duck uh, there you go you know ed is known for he's a he is a little person he was uh -huh. also in the um i'm glad you handled that because i didn't want to use I, I can never remember what proper phrases and what proper phases and so that's why i was working around that all right and you Good son of a you. bitch he was in Spaceballs. he was in bill and uh, ted's bogus journey uh-huh um he was was he in tiptoes he was in tiptoes if you haven't seen tiptoes that's a movie to watch matthew mcconaughey I've never even heard of it. matthew mcconaughey kate beckinsdale he's a firefighter she's an artist 
the scene opens with Kate trying to blow Matthew McConaughey and he says, no, I'm late for work. And what she doesn't know is he's got a family of little people and he's the only normal size or, or uh, you know, average size person in the family. What? A little. And he doesn't tell her that he's got a family of little people. He gets her pregnant. She has a little bit. They have a little baby together. They get divorced and she marries Gary Oldman, who plays a little person. And they fall in love and they raise the little person baby together. <laughs> How, when did this movie come out? Dude, not, not too long ago. And there's another great movie out. Watch it with the wife. It's called Pumpkin with Christina Ricci. Mm, and Pumpkin. Also haven't heard of that. Dude, you have your ears to the street when it comes oh, to all these. Uh, dude. Pumpkin, she falls in love with a mentally challenged person. Is that. She's, she's regular. She's Christina Ricci, smoke hot. She's a therapist at a, at a camp for mentally challenged kids. And she falls in love with one. And then she's trying to tell her mom. And this is how bad this movie is. Her mom is super racist. And she's like, she goes, mom, I just, I don't really want to tell you. And she goes, well, is he Mexican? She's like, no. <laughs> she goes, is he black? She's like, mom, no. She goes, please don't tell me he's Jewish. She's like, Jesus, mom, no. She's like, well, then what's the problem? She's like, he's slow. <laughs> and oh, her mom goes, gosh. do you mean retarded? And she goes, yes, mom, he's retarded. And I love him. They're throwing the R word around like it's candy at a fair. <laughs> or at a, one of those, remember those old school when the, in, the, in, the, in the city when they drive the, the cars with, you know, the, with the, the flowers on the side and there's like the mayor yeah, sitting yeah. in the back? Throwing candy. That's the R word to them. They're just like, yeah, burr, burr, burr. it's amazing. <laughs> I got to find the, I got to find a special guest to do pumpkin with. And I got to surprise him because you just can't, you can't have people coming in prepared for pumpkin. Yikes. Yeah. That sounds like <laughs> a, a definite like weird watch. <laughs> I like that. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes is one. <laughs> yeah. We did tiptoes and I did it with a friend of mine. At uh, at the uh, at my buddy's private studio, <laughs> and she was she's so nice. Her name's Yoga Sybil. She's so uh -huh. nice. She like works it on it. Brought us some Yonet samples. She's just the sweetest, sweetest woman in the world. <laughs> I'm like, welcome to Tiptoes, Matthew McConaughey, Kate Beckinsdale, and a shit ton of little people. This is gonna be magic. <laughs> she's like, fuck you. <laughs> I I hate everything about this. Why am I here? And I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, how, how locked in are you to a uh, comic book world sort of stuff? Um, fairly. What's up? I don't mean to go left turn on you. No, I go just, left turn. It's okay. But the whole, with the, the Howard thing, why exactly was he in, uh, was it Endgame or one of those? Like he's, or oh, it was Guardians of the Galaxy. At some point, Howard the Duck shows up in that stuff. Do you know how he's, they're even remotely related? He's part of the Marvel Universe. Ah. Howard the Duck had a whole series of comic books. He was, um, this is a whole big series. And in the comic books, he came to Earth and was trying yep. to get home as well? Yep. I gotcha. I guess I was just, I was never really super big into comics, so I didn't know. I just thought it was a weird movie they made in the 80s. I mean, it was, and they probably could have done a better job. Might want to remake this a little bit, but... Yeah, Howard the Duck. Uh, yeah, he had a whole... Um, when was Howard the Duck introduced as a comic book? Howard the, the Duck. 
was he like a, a spinoff of something else? Did he show up in someone's comic and they were like, hey, we could use more of him? I think so. Let me see. Um, so he was 1976 Marvel is when he first came out. Dude, that original Howard the Duck, if you've got it, which he looks a little bit like Daffy Duck. That's a $200 comic book used. <laughs> not I mean, bad. Not a bad. little return of investment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was, um, you know, character uh, introduced. It's funny that they have him wearing pants, but they let, you know, Donald Duck not wear pants. And they don't seem to have a problem with that. Yeah, so he first appeared in The Adventure into Fear, episode 19, 1973, and several subsequent series have chronicled the misadventures of the ill-tempered, anthropomorphic, funny animal trapped on the human-dominated Earth. I like how it's human-dominated. I mean, this is what I love about comics, right? They, just, they buy into it all. Like, even in our descriptions, we're not going to call it Earth. We're going to call it a human-dominated Earth because we've got so much other weird shit going on. <laughs> well, I mean, at the beginning, there was a lot of ducks, right? Yeah, but that was a different, that was a different uh, universe that he was in. Oh, is that what happened? I didn't understand, yeah. you know, when he started off, he was like in, surrounded by ducks, and I just thought that was normal. That's what happens when you talk during movies. Sometimes you miss uh, you, you miss points. a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. I mean, he was, he was a prized possession uh, kind of thing and came to Earth, and, but yeah, he had a whole series. Um, I like that people are asking, is Howard the Duck related to Donald the Duck? It's like, no. Disney argued that Howard the, Howard the Duck was too similar to Donald the Duck, and they had to change him. But uh, and then he's in he's is he in Endgame? I want to say he is. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he is. He's, he's in Endgame as well. Uh, I mean, he's. I don't know if they're gonna. You know, there's so many weird, shitty Marvel characters out there that they're trying to turn into to, um, to movie characters. Uh huh. You just gotta take a pause and be like, hold on, assholes. Come on. Do we need this one to have a, a, their own movie? Yeah. Their own origin story? Yeah. I don't mind the gal, the fighting gal. What's, what's her Black name? Black Widow? Yeah, I don't mind Scarlett her. Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, get her a movie anytime you want to. But I don't need Hot Guy. Or, you know, I don't need yeah. Hot Guy. I've got a bow and arrow. I've, I watch Cam Haynes on Instagram. You can't beat him. We're good. <laughs> Fucking good. We're okay. You know, Hawkeye recently released an EP. I mean, Jeremy Renner, but yeah, yeah, I didn't know if you had a, had a chance to give that a listen. I did not. How is it? Is it good? I, I just heard a snippet of one song, and um, good is not a word I would use to describe it. Who's better at singing? Exotic Joe from Joe the Tiger or Jeremy Renner? I would have to go with Jeremy Renner because, as we all know now, Exotic Joe was pulling a Milli Vanilli on everyone, so you can give him no credit. He gets a zero on his paper. He sang at the wedding or at the funeral oh, uh, of his enough. husband, where he fair talked enough. about his magical gold balls and how much he loved to put his gold balls on Joe's face. God, can you imagine ever being so <laughs> clueless to the moment, the time, and situation of appropriate? Like, that was, you know, there were so many cringe worthy moments in that. Uh, <laughs> Theories, but that was definitely high up there. Yeah, you're right. He did sing there. Uh, I'd still go Renner. You still, still gotta go, go Renner. Renner? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because the way you were setting it up, I thought you were gonna say our boy Jason Dick's singing abilities, and I was like, oh well, this is a no-brainer. But then you 
you went Joe because you even started with the Jeff, but you went <laughs> yeah. Joe Exotic on me. So I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know this is where he was going. I mean, I'll go Alon and more cowbell before Jason Dick. <laughs> He's, I, I give Jason so much shit about the singing. At the same time, I want him to do acoustic sets so bad. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he, uh, you know, what can I say? If, if his voice could match his um, charisma, that's not the word I want to use. His confidence, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. If his voice could match his confidence, I mean, he would just be popping the charts. He would. He would have that. He would have that singing career he wants to have. But instead, he died. You know, he's got. Let me see here. I'm gonna close out with. I know it's a little sacrilegious, but I'm gonna close out with a Miller Lite. Cleans the palate. A little carbonated water. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Miller Lite. That was the, my go-to domestic. So. It's, you know, it's a, it's a fun little thing. My wife always comes out to the patio when I get done with these, and she's like, did you have a good time? Like, yeah. <laughs> Five beers? I, I was just drinking beer and talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinking beer and bullshit in bed. Really? And this is, this is one of your jobs? This is, a, this is something you do? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why not. What do you think about this you monster? Are you, are you seeing the monster here? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, looks really bad. Like, it looks like something from the 70s. It's not even 80s quality monster. Like, uh, no. I, yeah, I don't. Uh. And how does this computer know arrival time? It just shoots a laser beam. It's like, nope, that's arrival time. And the arrival time is in. Here we go. Oh, frozen. Frozen with the light beam. Howard the Duck about to get eaten. This is just I, a Oof. They just, he just, Howard just took like a circular saw to a tentacle or something. That's where yep. I'm at. I don't know yep. if that's a... No, okay. I'm with you. Okay. There's, that blood is, it's not as poisonous as the alien blood. Did they not watch Alien and think we can make a good monster? <laughs> I guess not. But once again, I did not watch that as we previously mentioned. Uh, yeah. Not into scary movies. So I, I wouldn't I see Alien as a scary movie. That's a... That's a female empowerment movie. Uh, no, it might have been a little too suspenseful for me. I equate uh, suspense with scary. I do not like any of those feelings. It was only the second time where um, there was male rape in a movie. In Aliens? Alien. In Aliens, uh, the guy was, was raped by the, um, he was face fucked by the uh, alien. And then the other time is Leonardo DiCaprio and the bear? Uh, no, the other time is Burt Reynolds <laughs> when uh, when he was hanging out with. Uh, remember when he did the camping fishing trip? Burt Reynolds was that Deliverance? Yep, squeal like a pig, boy. Wee wee. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, and then oddly enough, as Whitney Chitwood and I were talking about with Alien, uh, the um. This is also the robot could have crushed her throat and killed her, but instead he tried to suffocate her through the mouth with a phallic-shaped magazine. There was a lot of sexual overtones as far as women's rights and what was happening in that film that had never been addressed before. I see Dave's picture, but I don't hear him anymore, which means his phone died party, people. Maybe not. Maybe so. It did. So what Dave's going to miss, all my friends, is the fact that Howard stopped 
he stopped the uh, he stopped the demons from coming. He stopped them from showing up. And in that, he uh, made a little bit of magic. A little bit of magic, that's for sure. Uh, Howard saved the world. He said goodbye. Duck world, come on, 10 seconds and counting to the arrival. They're getting ready. And he is going to blow it all the fizzuck up. That's what's going to happen. Look at this. Dave just sent me a meeting. And he said, damn it. I thought I was going to be able to make it to the end. Phone died. Oh, man, I thought I was on the charger. Sorry, Jason. I hope I didn't ruin it. We're going we're gonna to email him back right now and be like, did, you did not. You did not. This will go live. Live. If I could spell live, that'd be great. Uh, tomorrow. You are the best. Thank you, folks. That was my buddy Dave. Dave B on the backup. Drug-free. Put the crack up. He is amazing. He's a lot of fun. He's a good, good people. Um, so yeah, folks, I mean, shit, this is, this is what happens and it's so much fun. But anyways, that's what we're going to do. We're going to end this. Howard the Duck wins. If you don't know, if you don't understand, he, um, he's stuck on planet Earth, obviously. And in being stuck on planet Earth, you know what? He wins out big. So there you go. Howard wins. We win. You win. We all win. Thank you all for listening. Now is your favorite part. Now is the time. You're going to hear my daughter sing about the first time she took a poop by herself. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Dave B., thank you very much for taking the time out of your day with your kids and everything else that's going on to do this with me and be silly and have a good time. I love you all. Be good. Talk to you soon. I did.